0: Hey, everybody, this is Brian Zimmerman, digital content editor of Jazz's magazine, here to introduce another episode of Jazz's Not What You Think. But first, I'd like to thank this episode's sponsors. They include Cobuzz.com, the world's largest catalog of streaming music in studio-quality high-res. You can stream all of your music in the highest possible quality starting at just $9.99 per month. Visit on.cobuzz.com slash is to learn more. That's Q-O-B-U-Z dot com. Thanks also to Prairie Star Records. They've got a new album right now by vocalist Patrice Jagu. It's called If This Ain't Love. You can check her out online at Patrice Jagu. U.com. Alright, today's guest is pianist, singer, actor, and talk show host, Harry Connick Jr. Now, Harry really doesn't need much of an introduction, the guy can do it all, so suffice it to say that he's got a new album out right now called True Love, a celebration of Cole Porter, on which he pays tribute to one of the most iconic composers of the Great American Songbook. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into this interview because it's fascinating. Let's join Jazz's publisher Michael Fagan and Harry Connick Jr. for Jazz Is Not What You Think.
1: Hey, this is Harry Connick Jr. and you're listening to Jazz Is Not What You Think.
2: To do it. Um, Great, great to connect. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll give you—I can take you back for a second. You uh, probably won't remember any of this, but back in the early '80s, when jazz is was brand new, a woman named Anne Marie Wilkins called me up. And the reason she called me—I was friends with Branford at the time, and still am, but that, we were new friends back then. And he was just starting to work with Sting, and I called up Brantford, and I said, Brantford, do you think I can get an interview with Sting? I know we're a new magazine, but, you know, we're going to talk about this jazz band that he has now going out with this new album and tour. And Ann Marie called me up, and she said, uh, well, you can, I'll, I'll make it happen, but this story only runs in jazz, Is, can't run anywhere else, because Sting's not doing press right now. And I said, you got it. I'll, I'll call the writer. I called the writer, and uh, I said, look, this, you can, the quotes you get from Sting can only run in jazz, is it? Said no problem at all. Of course, I got hoodwinked. He sold the sold the story to the Boston Globe.
1: Oh <laughs> so, boy,
2: Anne Marie called me up, not happy, and we made up and 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 talked about all kinds of things. And she goes, Hey, while I have you, now keep in mind this is in the early early eighties. She goes, right. Have you ever heard of Har- Have you ever heard of Harry Connick Jr.? And I said, Never heard of him. She said, Well, let me tell you about him. And she went on and on. She said, He's an amazing pianist. Singer, he's gonna be an actor, songwriter, composer, arranger. He's gonna do everything. And I said, Wow, gotta hear some music. So of course I heard music and that was it. I was sold. This is that was you I was introduced to you and the world was introduced to you soon thereafter, and the rest is history. I think that what I always think about when I get a new project from you, new album, things that you're doing that I follow very closely is what did Anne Marie know back then? Did she have a crystal
1: ball? Well, first of all, that that's so cool to, to hear that story, man. It yeah, I don't hear those every day. So that's that's just cool, you know, to hear some kind of inside baseball, but you know Anne, Anne Marie um she she must have a crystal ball because she's she's been playing like three-dimensional chess for the last 30 something years of my life. She um she's obviously very bright, but she um she's also uh, an advocate of uh consistency and excellence and quality and and uh she she you know has instilled those values in me and Bramford uh since we were kids and um you know it pay, it it pays off because she she you know when when you're a jazz musician in a in a pop world it um it's good to know that somebody that's got a couple of years on you, you know, is reinforcing what you believe and, and, uh, and standing behind you. And she's, you know, obviously got this, you know, massive brain power that, that was able to, you know, stretch my career out over the last 30 years. And she's the best. Well,
2: I, I, it's so great to hear. I feel the same way about Anne-Marie. You know, I, 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 but so then the next time we, we ran into each other by that time you were, you were famous, and you were headlining. It was a jazz festival somewhere, maybe in Jacksonville, Florida. I think you had just married Jill, and you guys were building a house. Now, I was building a house at the same time. That next morning after your show, we went to breakfast. We saw you at the at the breakfast table. We, we talked a little bit. You told us we did the trials and tribulations of building a house. We talked about that. Then I hadn't seen you again, I think, for another 30 years. I ran into you at the Michael Brecker Tribute. Wow. Uh, Like two, two years ago. And, and, and more recently I wasn't there, but I watched you get your star on the walk of fame and I saw you and Jill and your three beautiful daughters. And I said, wow, this is a very proud man. Tell me about that. Because you, you, you got a little bit emotional. You, I saw that. I was like, you were so proud of. It's not, of course, your accomplishments, but your family, and I—you could see that, you could feel it.
1: Well, you're absolutely right, and and for me, it's it's um, it feels perfectly normal to focus on them, um, and the more effort I put into uh, my family, which I wouldn't actually call an effort, but the, the more time I spend with them, the more you know energy i have with them the 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 better artist i become I, I you know i've i've done you know i feel like i'm evolving as a result of them um and i'm sure you know if if you're in a similar situation you know you know that feeling i mean when you have a baby to feed and a house to build and things like that you know it's not as much about you and and when you sort of free yourself up like that um you're, I don't know. I think I'm allowed to to fly higher than than you know if you're preoccupied with with you know a lot of a lot of chaos. So for for me, they're everything, and and to have them there, especially on that day, you know, like having your star, your a name on a star. Like I went I went to my dad's house the next day and covered up the junior I said pop that's your name on that star you know and and Ooh. it's just it's just heavy stuff man like you know you don't really set out to get that but you know when they say hey we'd like to put you there and then they put me next to you know Cole Porter not to mention Isabel Sanford who played Wheezy on uh-huh. Good Time. I mean on uh, Jeff- the Jeffersons like I mean that that stuff is really really humbling man and uh, I just I just I just feel so so, so lucky. It just makes me want to work even harder. Well, you said, you know, the one thing I read, I, actually, I was,
2: I don't really read the print version of the Wall Street Journal, but I happened to have one sitting on my desk and I saw that your picture was at the upper right corner. So I flipped to that article that that you and Mark Myers did and and I, I read something that, that I kind of always thought about you and that is you admitted to having, well, some form of ADD. And you know, when you think of all the different things that you do, you couldn't do it without having that kind of. You want you want to do this, then you want to do that. You want to do something else. You obviously and, and again, correct me if I'm wrong. You feel completely comfortable as a crooner and as a big band leader, and then you're also not comfortable staying there. What, what, uh, am I on to something, or, or am
1: I out in left field? Well, no, I don't think you're out in left field, but I'm not sure I agree completely. I think the ADD probably was when I was much younger. Like my my ability to sit down and, you know, for example, you know, write a score, you know, is 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 unusual. Like I, you know, I can sit down for twelve, fourteen hours at a time and focus. So I think I think the ADD of it all had to do with my rambunctiousness as a kid, but it didn't really okay. translate into my my adult life at all. But what, you know, it's not that. um it's not that I have a problem staying in one place. I just like doing more than one thing. In fact, it's hard to leave. Like when I have to close Broadway shows or when I have to come off the road, you know, those are, when I had to, my, when my television show got canceled, these these are things that, you know, are hard. And, um, you know, I've I've learned over the years, you know, to accept things, you know, gracefully and, and th- things don't affect me emotionally in the same way as they used to. But um, I just like doing a lot of, Things I like. I like. I couldn't do what I do right now if I had kind of an untreated ADD. Like you can't. You can You just can't. Like you. I would have to, you know, be in some serious therapy and probably medicated because it, it's very. Um, it's very hard to, to 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 focus for you know these intensive periods of time. You know, if you're if you have trouble in that area. So I think you're on to something. You know maybe when I was a kid, but not not so much anymore. Gotcha. So uh, I, I, I've been
2: corrected, and, and thanks for saying that. You know, the um, the other thing is that one of the things I was thinking of when I was kind of reminding myself about your career and going back and listening to some of your music and um, is that do you remember a watershed moment, a turning point? For me, because I was introduced, I was fortunate enough to be introduced by someone who knew you well, and that, that made me take a very serious look at, at, at you as an artist but would you say that for for most people it the turning point was maybe the soundtrack to Harry Met Sally? Oh,
1: un- unquestionably. I mean it was um it, it yeah, I mean no nobody knew who I was before that, you know, except, you know, some people in the jazz community. Um and you know, after when Harry Met Sally came came out, you know, people in the general public started knowing who I was and they I don't think we're as interested in maybe some of the minutia of the the the, the music as much as you know, the phenomenon that was that film. So, you know, I, I, I started playing, you know, went from small clubs to very large venues in a very short amount of time. And, um, the music didn't change other than the size of the band. But, uh, you know, I found that this was, um, this was an opportunity to, to, to let a lot more people hear, hear what I'm doing. And as a, you know, like I said earlier, kind of a rambunctious kid, I mean, that was, that was thrilling for me because I, I just love to, Perform so much that was so much a part of my upbringing that it just I I, I couldn't have been more uh, more fortunate. Mm-hmm.
2: It, well, it, what what a lot of people I, I would think the masses don't know that the jazz people do is that you are a one hell of a stride piano player. And <laughs> and when I talk to my friends that are critics and writers in this field and not just in jazz, they say yeah one thing about Harry Connick. <laughs> That guy plays his ass off. He and, and, you know, I think that's something that, I don't know, that you have that magic formula where, and I don't want to call it a formula in a negative way, where that doesn't get in the way of of being very musical. Whereas, you know, there's a lot of pianists who, they have all the technical chops and you can't con- connect with them in some ways emotionally, you know, the heartfelt. Where with you, you have those chops and you do these big productions or you do solo piano. And there's something in addition to that chops. you make that connection with the listener.
1: Well, that's that's the ultimate compliment. You know, is how do you um, be like a Michael Jordan? You know, on your instrument. You know, how can you have the the highest level of craftsmanship? You know, and and you know reach you know the the all of the other goals at the same time. Um, it's like it's like it's just the. It's for for me. It's about it's about music. I don't want to ever run up into a situation where I can't articulate what I want to play. Which is and plus, when you grow up with guys like and Branford, a couple of years older than you, with Ellis as your teacher, I mean, you th- there's just no other choice. I mean, you have you have to become, you know, a, a technical you know, technically very proficient. You just you just have to. So that that was never even an option. Like even if you just wanted to quote play what you feel, they didn't have time for that. Like there's a lot of talented people who can kind of. You know, strum their guitar, or kind of you know, fool around on the piano. But you know, when you're working with people like Ellis and the rest of that team, they're really not interested in that. So you 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 have you develop this this what you're hardwired to be musical or not. So I'll take what you said as a compliment, but it's also important to be able to articulate those ideas. So it, it was just a combination of um, you know, a lot of intensive practice. You know, all of that about all of that, especially you know, knowing Branford who's you know, one of those people who has that formula better than anybody on earth. I mean, he's, you know, I would say arguably the most technically great saxophonist, certainly of our generation, if not of all time. Just like his brother Wynton is on trumpet, and they have, they have musicality that's, that's just a New Orleans thing. Like you, you, you see, you know what moves people, and like you ever hear, you ever hear jazz musicians talk about? Yeah, I'm a, you know, it's all about. Like not what you don't play in space and things like that, like we I never thought about that like you like you don't think of that as an active thing not to do you just you just play what you play, and sometimes it requires virtuosity, and sometimes it doesn't, but yeah, that's just the blessing of you know- just being being around a lot of great musicians i think that's right so so it brings
2: me to the culmination of all of that with your, your latest project, a, a, an album and a Broadway show, True Love, a celebration of Cole Porter. Aside from the obvious, Cole Porter being a musical genius, that that, that doesn't even aptly describe him. Um, why Cole Porter?
1: He had um, – uh, there were a lot of things about him that, that were different for me. Like, he was one of the few that wrote the words and the music, that, which was interesting, but certainly not enough for me to pick him. But it's the music that he wrote. I mean, his lyrics were – you know, always, you know, double or triple meanings. You know, he was incredibly witty, but very, very accessible at the same time. I mean, he would just do, um his, I mean, his melodies were unorthodox. He would, you know, if you want to get technical, just the way he wrote like in AABA form, like, you know, very rarely was the first A similar to the, well, similar, but it would always, or most of the time different from the first A, and sometimes the third A would be completely different. Or a lot of times, He would continue the lyrics from the bridge into the third A, and you just didn't do that. And when you think about the fact that this dude was born in 1891, I mean, he was doing it before most people. So it was this really unusual combination of, like, this really rich kid who had access to all of the best schools and went to the best schools, but also had this kind of guttural human compulsion to write uh, in anything he felt and things that we were all sort of thinking but maybe not either capable of or permitted to discuss, like prostitution or, you know, one-night stands. or I mean, he just didn't care. He just wrote stuff that, I mean, listen, I, I sing these songs, and, I mean, I feel like they were, I mean, I you know, you get raised eyebrows for some of these lyrics now. I mean, it's it's amazing, man. I mean, this guy was, and not to mention his personal life, which was racked with with you know heartache and exuberance. And he was just a just a fascinating guy, just an absolutely fascinating guy.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, in fact, I did read the story of Cole Porter, and it is he had an amazing life, and it's 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 a very interesting one to follow. Um, the um, the interesting thing about the new album is you're doing it as a Broadway show and you're going to do it in December and then you're going to take it on the road next year. Is that what I hear?
1: Yeah, so the show is, um, it, 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 it's a Broadway show, but it's also um, a concert. So it's this hybrid that I've never really seen on stage before where it has the elements of a Broadway show. Um, it's it's uh, very much scripted. It has big, production value with big sets and, you know, video screens, and it's got, you know, 28 musicians on stage, but it's also, you know, a highly improvised concert, Um, and and we're going to do it at the Nederlander in three weeks in December, and then uh, we will start touring the world with with it next fall, Um, and we'll do extended runs uh, in various places, you know, wherever from like a week to three weeks. So it's different than anything I've done. And, um, it, I think, th- I think the audiences might find it novel too, hopefully. No, that's great. So,
2: uh, we'll look forward to that in, in 2020. The, uh, last thing I wanted to ask you is that you is, is in the limelight as you are, you also tend to be paradoxically a private person. Uh, you don't live in Hollywood. Uh, you, you, you're and as I mentioned before, you're you're a family man. How, yeah, how do you balance
1: the two? You know, I don't think it's a balance. I think you, you have to make choices in your life for, that work for you. And what works for me is my wife and my kids, and my 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 family and my friends, and th- those are the my faith. Those are things that um, are important to me, and everything just kind of falls falls into place. You know, we talked about Anne Marie. You know, she she subscribes to that philosophy too and and you know there's a time for me to work and there's a time for me not to work and um I just I don't feel like I have to follow you know what anyone else is saying like you know you have to move to LA to work I just I I I'm very conscious of my career and what it takes to maintain a certain level of success in this business but um you know it it all has to come um you know secondary to the things that 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 really matter. I mean I I love my art. I love I love my career so so much. But and I know it's a cliche, but seriously man, it it really would mean absolutely nothing if 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 I didn't have these people in my life. It wouldn't mean anything. I mean it would you know be I maybe on some level it would be gratifying, but you know, my whole existence is about sharing my life with these other four people and my extended family and vice versa so that's that's how you balance it is you don't balance it you just do do the, make the choices that are important to you and, and things just fall into place
2: well again uh thank you uh these were <clears throat> it was great to spend some time with you and i look forward to seeing the show if not in new york at the newlander uh, next year and uh Again, congratulations on uh, on the on the star,
1: on your success,
2: and uh, I hope we can stay in
1: touch. I hope so. You better come to the Nederlander. Okay. I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, man. Come oh. say hi. We gotta make it quicker than thirty years, and so we're both gonna be dead. <laughs>
2: All right, Harry. Yeah, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks,
1: Michael. All right, man. All right, bye bye.
0: That'll do it for today's episode. I'd like to take a minute now to thank some more of this episode's sponsors. They include Smoke Sessions Records. The label has a new album out right now by George Coleman. It's called The Quartet. You can learn more about it and all their other amazing releases at SmokeSessionsRecords.com. Thanks also to Blue Note Records, currently celebrating their 80th anniversary with a bunch of cool musical initiatives. To check out everything they've got going on, visit BlueNote.com. Another thanks to ECM Records. They've got a new album by saxophonist Jan Garbarek out right now. It's called Remember Me, My Dear, and it was named one of our top albums of October. Visit ecmrecords.com to learn more. Thanks also to the online streaming service Deezer. We regularly curate playlists on this platform. Our latest is all about the blues. To check it out, visit Deezer.com and search for Jazz Is. Thanks also to jazzradio.com featuring more than 35 channels of curated jazz music for free online. Visit jazzradio.com to check it out. Thanks also to the New Jersey Performing Arts Center in Newark on the calendar for them in November. Performance by the one and only Chaka Khan. That's taking place November 14th. That's right around the corner. For tickets and more info, visit njpac.org That's njpac.org Big thanks also to Jazz at Lincoln Center, one of New York's premier musical venues. On November 28th, they'll be hosting a Thanksgiving concert with trombonist Cliff Gordon. In addition to a night of great music, attendees will also be treated to a three-course meal. For tickets and more info, visit jazz.org. And thanks also to Quest TV, the world's first subscription video on-demand platform dedicated to jazz. It's been called the Netflix of jazz. To learn more, visit quest.tv. That's Q-W-E-S-T dot TV. And finally, thanks to the U.S. Navy Band Commodores Jazz Ensemble, currently celebrating their 50th anniversary. They've got concert dates around the country. If you want to catch them in action, visit our website and click the Navy Band Commodores banner. Lastly, hey, independent artists, if you'd like to get your album into the hands of a Jazz's editor, yes, including me, be sure to visit jazzes.com and submit your info via our Inside Track program. Not only will you get your album posted on our site, but it'll make its way directly to the inbox of a Jazz's editor. Visit jazzes.com and click Submit Your Music for more info. Hey, if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating, too, because that really helps. All right. Thanks a lot, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.